When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Makes you want to move, eh? Listening to this. Oh my god, it's so good. JP Saxey. Saxey. Sax! I know. Remember the first time I saw his name? We were live on the radio. Yeah. I had no idea how to say it. JP Saxey. It was like S A X E. I just took a shot at it. Failed miserably. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Nobody taught me. This is a remix of A Little Bit Yours. Really liking this remix, guys. Yeah? Yeah. The original sounds a lot different. It's a slow jam. It's a slow jam. Like, this is the original. Maybe if I'd said. See, I like this too. The right things. It never would It's nice because you can pick and choose the version you want depending on the mood you're in. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem because I still can't. But I'll definitely be adding that Burns remix version to my remix playlist for songs when I just want to dance. This is. This is great, but it's, you know, we're used to him singing ballads Yeah. with with The World Was Ending. I like the dance version. You like the remix better than this too, Bonus? Yeah, I'm not like... I, I don't like fact that this guy just puts out sad depressing songs (laughs) i actually really like that he actually i think he sounds great on the dance version remix like he's got a nice voice it's nice to hear a little bit of change you know on an album or in your artist repertoire so let me give you uh i got another remix here of this song uh this one is the dave o'day remix like a Kygo summertime beach remix. I kind of like this. This is nice, but there's something about the other one. It yeah. has like a classic dance music. It's the yeah. building, yeah, yeah, the crescendo, yeah. the hit, the drop, the smack, the jab, the whole thing's there. The smack, the jab. <laughs> yeah, this one's a bit flatter to okay, me. Well, you know let me what I mean? pick it up into the middle. Yeah, it's like a kind of in between the first one we played and the second one. Yeah. You know what this Bridging reminds me of? Bridging the gap almost. What's you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of that Vin Diesel song that, that he released. <laughs> it has the same kind of sound that that Vin Diesel song What has. was that song? Oh. Vin Diesel. Get the title of it. Feel like I do. Yes, it kind of has. Or days are gone. Which one is it? Is it? I think uh, it's feel like I do. Was yeah, it's feel like I do. 
it yeah. had the same Kygo kind of chill. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm. I hear it. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. <laughs> the man can do anything. Yeah. Triple threat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it totally yeah. has that vibe, yeah. man. Yeah, totally. I actually don't hate this song. Yeah, though. I might like this song better than the JP Saxon. Yeah. Uh-oh. See, now now I'm jumping in a rabbit hole looking at my remix playlist that I made like 2 years ago now. I got all kinds of stuff on this. Zane, you'd like that one. Mhm. Yeah. Pillow talk? Uh no, uh Maybe not. Duck Till Dawn. This is featuring Sia. It's a bit much for me. <laughs> it's my club mix, man. <laughs> you got those hands up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get your glow sticks. This is like when I'm dancing alone. Yeah. Usually I'm uh, I'm sailing on my boat. No one's on it. No one's around. And I'll be listening to... We were shot like a jacket. So sad. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's the best time to dance is when no one can see you. What about this one? Lincoln Park. Heavy. Oh, can you feel the drop coming? Anyway, enough nice. of the remixes. Nice. I love a good remix. Yeah, good you got remix. a whole remix playlist. Yeah. Interesting. I got how many songs on here? Holy crap, 41. That's a lot. I got to do more work on it. The last song I added was uh, 2019. Yeah, it's time to and beef, it was, uh, beef that up. It was Post Malone. Yeah. It was a remix. Yeah. I, I, I could play this one, but you probably wouldn't want to hear it. A remix of? Uh, I don't know what, it, what song this is. It just sort of says Post Malone. Let's hear what this is. Oh, the song's called Post Malone. And it's uh, Sam Felt. See, I like this too. This is like full Yeah, generally, I never want to listen to this. Again, (laughs) I got a playlist for every mood and vibe that I'm feeling. So, like, I don't try and squeeze all my... Songs I like into one playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you, I'm the most uh, biggest, the most diverse uh, music fan that you know. Oh yeah. Nobody yeah, is more diverse. you told me that. I never said that. Like you told me, me that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Daft Punk, eh? Oh yeah, would they break up or something uh, after a hundred years? I don't understand why. Like, why not just? I mean, it's not like they're putting out tons of new music. They seem to just do collabs. Yeah. Um. You know, why not just if if an artist comes up to you like Pharrell or The Weeknd mm-hmm. and wants to do a song, you could do it. No one's expecting them to go on the road or anything. But that was sad for me to hear. They must hate each other. They must. Somebody slept with somebody's wife or something like that. <laughs> you know, well, I, you like, know what I think is so cool is that they've remained hidden from public eye. Like, people really don't know what they look like. And you can Google it and see. And they just look like two normal dudes. But um, Like Sia. 
like Sia. She's hidden her identity. I mean, there's there's old interviews with her where she didn't hide her identity. So mm-hmm. you can figure it out. But It's kind of looking back now because originally I'd be like, oh, why wouldn't you want everyone to know your face? And then you're famous and you get seats at restaurants quicker and you're treated with that, you know, special treatment that famous people get. But now I kind of realize how smart they are because they've still been able to be billionaires with all the, the tracks that they've sold and all the people that they've worked with. And uh, remain totally hidden from the public. So they could go to the mall and just shop around and not be bothered by anyone. It's a good deal. Like, does anyone, um, would anyone recognize Dead Mouse? I think the tattoos might really set him apart. Oh, on the neck? Yeah. What, what what's uh, has he been taking the mouse thing off his head lately, Bundes? Yeah, like he he's got a master class. Joel has a master. Oh, does Joel. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but he, okay. So and he did granted, that. He had a YouTube series where he was driving around in his car, his mm. Ferrari with all the stickers on. He didn't over. have that helmet on when he was driving <laughs> no. around the Ferrari. No. Would it not fit in that? It'd have to be a convertible. <laughs> That'd be so great. He gets pulled over. It's cops like, uh, stop him. <laughs> you wouldn't need to ID him. You'd know who he was. Yeah. So, Dead Mouse, you think that enough people watched that stuff that he would get stopped and recognized regularly, or would it have to be a hardcore fan? I, 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 I would know him if I saw him. You would. And mm. I'm, I like, I like Dead Mouse, but I'm not like a super fan. I don't watch his YouTube videos. I've just seen him enough in pictures or, mm-hmm. you know, scrolling through things. Where if I saw that, he's covered in tattoos. Skinny, yeah. tall dude, covered in tats. Like you see that guy, you're like, oh. That's dead mouse. Mm. I wonder at what point he made that decision to take the mask off. Not because he wasn't getting those reservations. And nobody was, <laughs> you know, I'm dead being I famous. Did I did this. I've worn the mask. <laughs> <laughs> but it is me. You kind of want, I mean, if you're going to be, it's kind of nice to be recognized, I'm sure. Like I, he to must a certain have, extent, yeah. He must have done it because he was craving the attention. Why else would you do it? Mm-hmm. He, he didn't need to do it for uh He's not any a of craving the attention kind of guy, though. Like, I know he lives close to my sister. He did a master class. Yeah, that's kind of cool, though. People, cool people do master classes, you know. But he should have done the master class with the mouse head on if... If uh, he wanted to remain anonymous, <laughs> I, I think um, I think the the mask was a way for him to like hide himself when he was initially starting out on like performing and doing DJ sets and to not get like freaked out on stage. Mm. Um, and then it became this like amazing marketing tool, mm-hmm. you know. And I think he kind of broke out of that shell of. Would he have been like the first guy since Daft Punk? Like uh, Daft Punk kind of made that whole wearing masks famous from a like techno or whatever dance music standpoint and then you had like rock bands who were doing it uh slipknot Slipknot. right and some uh some other artists i wonder if you sat down did it kiss had makeup on so i guess you could give them part of the credit for doing a costume gimmicky thing i wonder if you asked those bands that did that like looking back was that the right decision i bet you every single one would say a hundred percent because when you party in those circles and you see what everyone else is dealing with they can't go anywhere and that's the biggest complaint they have is they can't do anything without being harassed yeah it would be kind of cool to be like I'm marshmallow. <laughs> when you're, when you're, oh, yeah, you're marshmallow. going somewhere yeah. and uh, nobody recognizes you and you need to get into somewhere, like, I'm marshmallow. Trust me. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? You're not marshmallow. Right. And then you got to break out the stupid helmet. marshmallow helmet. 
And then everyone's like, yeah, yeah, you just have one of those. You don't, you're not the marshmallow. If you're Dead Mouse, are you pissed at Marshmallow? Because he came on the scene like as Dead Mouse was sort of slowing down a bit from the mainstream anyway. Are you like, God, you took my bit? Or did so many people do it before Dead Mouse that he has no right to? Uh... Uh, I, people definitely wore masks before, but like in terms of electronic artists, I can't think of one other than Daft Punk who came in the scene around like 93 or something like that. Mm-hmm. That 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 did that until Dead Mouse. That was like in my like at least in my memory, I can't recall an electronic duo or DJ doing that up until Dead Mouse. Mm-hmm. So I would be pissed. Yeah, you stealing my shit, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember if like Daft Punk's helmets got cooler because I think at one point they they went through like an upgrade. Yeah, you know, and they became like more metallic and epic. They could afford to yeah. spend more on the materials. Yeah. I remember yeah. that one music video with the dog. Yes. The do-, do you remember that? Was that the dog? Was there a dog and like a um, a Zamboni involved? Something. He was like walking the streets in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> That's from the first album, Homework. Yeah. 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 Old school. They And then uh, they did that concert. I think it was from Coachella. The And you can buy the disc for it, the Alive version. And it is like... I think it's called Daft Punk Alive. It really feels like you're at the show because you would love it, Tucker, for the boat because you can hear the screaming crowds and the way they morph all their songs that flow from one into the next. And just the, they are all about the climax and then bringing you down and bringing you back up. Good drops. Yeah, good drops. Yeah. Check it out. Daft Punk Alive. I've ne- I'm trying to think if I've ever been to a real... Uh rave like a real ravey mm-hmm. you know seeing zed when he was first in his prime or you know Paul dead mouse or any of those people <laughs> like i've been to raves outdoors with kind of mediocre artists and it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. but i've never been to an indoor rave that went till three in the morning and oh god oh, that's, that's, I, that's a part of my life that i feel like i missed out on yeah yeah. I went to one of those raves at the Bell Center in Montreal, and it was Paul Oakenfold. And I went at 6 a.m. because I had to work the overnight shift. So I didn't show up until oh, 6 a.m. That's got to be a bad buzz, though. And people were really partying still, but it Ripping. was a bad buzz. Yeah. I caught the tail end of it, and, and my I, friends were just leaving. And I'm like, I got you these tickets because we got the tickets through work. That's too big a venue, too. I'd want to be in a smaller, mm-hmm. like... Uh, like a beach party. I'd almost rather be in a place like a little, the government back yeah. before it got taken down used to have some pretty bomb raids. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Something bigger than the Danforth Music Hall, but mm. smaller than, you know, uh, Scotiabank Arena. I don't like being at a club like that, though, where you can smell puke. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to a rave, Maura. <laughs> I don't yeah. like, I'm like, what is That's that? That's true. Someone just bonched over here. I don't know where, but. Yeah, the yeah. the outdoor rave that I did go to, it was like a, a Western event, University of Western, mm-hmm. uh, like during Frosh Week. And I was, uh, you know, there were lots of people that were there that weren't students. Yeah. And it was outdoors. It was kind of cool because there were some drones flying over and you saw the lights from it and it was a big crowd and you didn't smell puke. So <laughs> what, about, yeah. uh, what about Digital Dreams or those outdoor festivals? Never went to them. I forget what the one's called that they do at Downsview. There's a second one. Oh, yeah. 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 Never been to any of those shows. I know what you're talking about. Well, maybe, maybe when the pandemic is over, maybe we go... 
I, you, know what? Something you guys go. I would go, but I would have to wear a Daft Punk helmet so people weren't like, who invited dad? <laughs> Your dad's here to pick you up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, closest thing I've been to a rave would be just being at a club in Vegas with, you know, big time DJs spinning. Right. So I've done that. I've done like, I've closed clubs in Vegas right till they shut them down. What time like, do they shut them down? Like uh, 4 something a.m., 4.30. House lights come on. They kick everyone out. It's a bad scene. Like leaving <laughs> there, the it sucks. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Because everyone's just smashed. Well, then you're looking for a place to go after. I We were. Where's the so, party? So then you got to go to like the, unless you're super dialed in and you're going to go to some like underground club. Chances are you're just going to like a bar in a casino. Right. Like a lobby bar kind yeah, of thing. That could be a fun party. It can, but it's not not when you've come from a place that's so amped up. The very first club that I ever went to, it was during um, the adult video um, awards. <laughs> they, they did like this uh, party. Uh-huh. And it was the Tropicana, which is kind of like a little rundown and not the best like place, mm-hmm. but the club was just popping that night because the AVNs were on in Vegas and they were hosting this thing. Didn't see anything because it was all in VIP areas. Sure. But that night being in the club, like there was this track in the ceiling and there were these women wearing like these almost angel wings and they're throwing uh, feathers off as they as they go around the dance floor. There were women on stilts. Like it was almost like you were inside a Cirque du Soleil performance. Yeah. And then throw in all the music and the lights, and it was it was the most fun. And we I think we left that bar. It was five a.m. Montreal used to have uh, some after hours clubs that, when you describe that, reminded me of what they were like. And you grew up in Montreal. Did you ever get into no. that like after hours bar scene? No, we were never into dance music. Epic. Yeah, I feel like I missed out because I was too uptight about music at that time of my life. That's too bad. Because I remember one of them, it was called Sona, Soma, something like that. There was a woman dancing on a stage. She had a, like a boa constrictor around her neck. Everyone's screaming. It's the same thing. These like go-go dancers at high levels doing crazy, a contortionist like. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, the problem all that with, circus stuff. The problem with the clubs in cities in Canada is I've always felt that they've been very stabby stabby. Yeah. Like, you're going to go in, you're going to look at someone the wrong way, and you're getting stabbed. <laughs> or you're getting, like, circled, or you, something's going down. <laughs> and I, there, were, there was always, like, an element that made me feel uncomfortable. Of danger. Yeah. Mm, that's even, too bad. Even in Toronto. Like, I you was know, just going to say, did you feel that in Montreal? Because I've always felt that whenever I go to a club where there's tons of people dancing, that there's always, like, these groups of guys and you look at the wrong girl the wrong way and all they want to do is fight mm, it's, you know? it's also has a lot to do with alcohol and other drugs that are mixing and now they're getting all amped up one just knows what i'm talking about though yeah but i don't think that that's like any different anywhere else man oh, like, vegas, unless man uh, vegas, i did not vegas feel is, that vegas but vegas is different because vegas is like a tourist destination where you're all going there to party mm. like, yeah but that's what i like about it that's what i that's what i appreciate about that and that's why i never got into it in montreal or another cities i never felt comfortable at the clubs 
Right. Like, even Maybe in like Vegas. Miami, like which is also a tourist spot, like I would still be careful when I when I'm in Miami of like which spots I go to and who I'm interacting with because you are still in a city. Like the locals do go to those places. Right. Where Vegas is a little bit of a different it's it's like, you know, it's Disneyland. It's Disneyland for adults, so there's no like turf wars mm. where you're dancing on the dance floor in a section that's normally reserved for somebody else and you're you got your glow sticks and your arms above your head. Yeah. You're, you're going down. And they're going to be like, <laughs> see that nerd over there? Who's this jabroni? Fuck him Let's up. Let's fuck him up. Let's go. Wait till he goes to the bathroom. Follow him in. We're going to like... That's how I feel. Uh, you know? Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, I mean, like most of the clubs that, that we used to go to, we had ins at those clubs. Like we knew people there or... A friend of mine was a promoter at that club. So we became like regulars there. I never liked going to random clubs um, and like having to wait in line and not knowing who the people were there. Because I always felt like we, we would always get in fights. I cannot tell you the <laughs> amount of fights about, we right would there. get into every weekend. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Now, I, mind you, I don't hear as many stories and I, it, it doesn't seem to happen as often as it used to. But back then, at least when I was going, people didn't have cell phones. Um to videotape shit and put it up on social media right away. And it didn't seem like there was as much um, cops involved. Like people would, I remember people would get in fights, the bouncers would throw us out and then that would be the end of it. Like, right. Now no, they call the cops. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit different. So uh, maybe there's a, a legality there now that wasn't in place before. Whereas like, yeah, you can throw them outside, but then you got to call the cops because if somebody gets stabbed when they're outside, you're li- maybe the club's yeah, liable maybe. or something. Who you know, knows? Even being on a busy uh, party strip after the bars close mm. is always a little sketchy. Yeah, you know, because everyone's smashed. Are looking for guys, a fight. people are smashed and they're not thinking straight, a hundred percent. And then they're on cocaine or yeah. some other drug that's like increasing adrenaline, and they're feeling stronger than they are. And well, they want to take you down. And some, pe- yeah, some people are just literally they're out looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. Like they covered off all the other uh, things they wanted to do that <laughs> night, and they just got to seal it up by kicking somebody's ass. And you almost have to be like afraid of getting sucker punched in some scenarios. I can't imagine uh, wanting to beat somebody up. Like I, I just know. can't. Like I see it in movies and stuff, and I'm like, God, it happens. That's awful. There's like meatheads everywhere. Why would I want to hit somebody? I know Bundes has been in a lot of fights, but you're not usually looking to fight you just kind of stand up for yourself if somebody's like challenging you i don't like to get into fights i don't think you know fighting is um good i don't think violence is ever really the answer but i also don't like i'm a big um fan of standing up for yourself and standing up for principles and i don't like when people are doing wrong to me or talking to me badly or you know like if i see a woman or a buddy like you know being assaulted in some way i'm not going to stand for that i think you have to have some sort of principle to live by so what are you saying about me i'm not (laughs) (laughs) i'm just personally like if i see something wrong i think i I would not be able to live with myself if i just kind of turned a blind eye and walk away and allow something bad to happen to someone else Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm the exact opposite i just want to like extricate myself from the situation i mean i wouldn't leave someone behind yes but uh rarely have I, i i don't know if i've ever been in a situation where we were like um, well, there was one time, like we were in a restaurant, there was this group of guys and they were throwing food at us and we knew they were just like, we were minding our own business. <laughs> they were throwing food at us and they wanted to kick our ass. Right. We could tell. Yeah. They were picking a fight. They were picking a fight. So we're like, okay. What kind of restaurant was this? Burger King. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, um, 
And you know, like w- w- there were three of us, and I said to my one buddy who has been known to get in the odd fight, Uh-oh. but usually he did, wasn't an instigator. He was like Bundes, you know. He would reciprocate if somebody challenged him. Yeah. And I'm like, Brad, don't like start anything. He's like, I'm not fucking starting anything because we knew we were going to get our asses kicked. Yeah. There were more of them, and they were just bigger guys. So we left, and as soon as we kind of walked out, they got up. They were going to follow us out, uh-huh. and we ran to the car, and we jumped in, and we drove the <laughs> hell out of there. And they were coming after us. Like, they, for no reason other than to just kick the shit out of us. What you should have done when they were throwing... And Bundus would have fought the guys. Bundus yeah. would have been like, no. I'm you going guys, down. You're going to throw... And you just clock them in the head and knock them out. Yeah, see, that uh, that I can't stand is, like, the people that are that disrespectful to be, like, while you're sitting there having a meal, they're they're getting off by throwing food at you. They're just trying to start a fight Yeah, but you. what good what good is it going to do to get my ass kicked standing up for myself? Because we were not going to win that fight. And I and I totally understand that. And sometimes you're in a bad situation where you're not going to win if it's, like, you know, a four-on-two. I get it. But... Running out of the restaurant wasn't the right idea either because now they, they can attack you outside of the restaurant. I think restaurant. the right thing to well, do... what, is to call the cops and then wait for well, an escort to your vehicle? Because oh no. that would have been the alternative, right? No, that's a bunch what of What I would have done was I would have called some buddies and then yeah. we would have beat the shit out of oh, those Oh, you would have had your friends waiting outside. Yes, that's yeah. what I would have done. Ooh, Yeah, like one thirty in the morning, there's no buddies coming out <laughs> Yeah, and us. you call oh, me with yeah. that, and I need you to come fight today. Hey, I'd be like... Uh, <laughs> seriously outnumbered? It's not looking good? Meet me at Burger King. <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. I would say what you should have done when they started throwing food at you guys is open your mouths. Catch a few. Be like, hey, <laughs> throwing hey, fries. Thanks for the fries. <laughs> <laughs> Act like you're happy about it. Yeah. Deflate, you deflate, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think you guys handled it right. Run. But in those Run. cases, you can never get your car open, right? You're like, I can't get the key in the door and it's locked. Right. Yeah, like we had a bit of a head start, so it was fine. Mm. But yeah, it was a stressful uh, <laughs> 15 seconds from the door to the car. Oh my God. You know, yeah. but like people like that, I can't stand. Like people oh. like that actually need to get their ass yes. kicked so, do- they, so they don't do shit like that to people anymore. Well, those I guys mean, I- probably picked somebody else to fight and hopefully they learned their lesson. But they weren't going to learn it from you and your friends. Like that's not who you guys are. Yeah. Have you ever thrown your fist at somebody before? Never. No. Never. You would have gone down in flames. You made the right decision. Oh, I, I'm not like who taught you to fight, Bundes? Who gave you that yeah. first? Uh, I started uh, started karate when I was like five years old. Karate. Uh, the art of <laughs> karate. karate. He's a trained ninja, you ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I'd been fighting from a young age and sparring events. Oh, uh, we started like working with throwing stars by age eight. <laughs> karate. I didn't know you studied karate. Well, that's karate. from friends, right? Karate. Wasn't Ross taking karate or something? <laughs> said it oh, like please that. say karate. Karate. Okay. Karate. And then uh, okay, so you your sensei noticed that you were someone special and took you in private study? Uh, yes, I, I did some sparring competitions, karate competitions, and then... Uh, so you're the karate kid. <laughs> Fuck, of course you're fighting back. Wait, have I've you ever used... hockey as well. Oh, there yeah. it is. There was a lot hockey. of violence in hockey. Um, yeah. Now, mind you, you have like a helmet on so it doesn't hurt quite as much, but like that uh, adrenaline and ability to like throw your fist around and take shots, that also helps with, yes. you know, if you're actually in a real life situation where you get in a fight. Uh, and I think the first fight I got into, I was like, maybe like fist fight was probably ooh, real fist fight was probably like 15 or 14 years old in high school. 
great. Then you had enough confidence to know that you just strike hard, fast, and just knock them on their ass, right? Yes. That's your strategy every time, isn't it? There's certain spots on the human body where if you hit them, (laughs) they they, they will drop like a sack of bricks. And there's also like techniques on how where you position your hands to. But how do you not kill somebody? You you talk about those certain spots. You could kill somebody. It's like if that you, move Uma yeah. Thurman knew in Kill Bill, where she could just go like to the heart, and the heart would stop beating. Oh, yeah, da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, with the with the fingers. Yeah, yeah, she would do some sort of thing, like a five. Yes, pressure yeah. point so thing to your you heart. You have to be careful. Like you definitely don't want to kill someone, but like you want to knock them out. Or there's certain like um, takedowns that you could do. Like if you know how to like use someone's force as they're punching you take their own force and use it against them by like sweeping their legs in a certain way yeah. and getting them onto the ground and putting them in a position where they're incapacitated. Would you say that the majority of the karate training that you might use <laughs> to this day would be less of a karate chop and just more about like weight uh, displacement? Uh, I would say more of it is, is weight displacement. Yeah. Yes, less karate chop. No chops. No chops. That would be awesome though. Oh boy. <sighs> but I'm still Yes. Yes. To this song. This song does make me want to fight a little bit. It does. What would you do if I went downstairs and I kicked your Pontiac vibe? (laughs) I'd probably laugh. Probably join you. I'd probably lose a toenail or something and the damage would be all on me. (laughs) Nice having a car you don't give a shit about, eh? Yeah. Sometimes. Those cars usually fail on you. Eventually. Got a few good years left in it, more. There you go. You know, my last car was still reliable, but I didn't care about if it got like yeah. dinged or something. Totally. You know, now which is a I, dangerous I, place to be in when you're uh, when you get cut off. You're like, fucking hit my car. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right now, I have a new car, so I'm like, oh, should I park here? That car's gonna be too close. What if they rub my bumper? Like, it turns into a whole thing. It sucks. Well, thanks for checking out this podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.